0: Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to church from home, dwelling place. Uh, we are going to have an amazing day today in the presence of God. I've just been soaking in the presence of God here and I'm just so excited to be with you if you're watching uh, from out of town or out of even out of the United States. We bless you in Jesus' name <clears throat> and uh, we're just going to pray real quick right now and uh, we're going to commit this time to God, and I'm, I'm just really excited. You know, we, we don't have access to get into our ch- usual church building today per some of the local authority requirements around this coronavirus, uh, but I've got to tell you, Jesus in the presence of God is going to go viral today on this cast, all right? So we're going to have an awesome time. Let's just, let's just commit this time to God. Father, we thank you right now that where your spirit is, there is freedom. And where there's freedom, sickness has no voice. Where there is freedom, demons have no power. Where there is freedom, fear has no threat. Where there is your spirit, God, there is complete freedom and there's peace over every area of our life. And so right now, Holy Spirit, I just invite you and I release you right now into every home, through every screen watching this, that you would just come and that you would make your presence... Fill the place where we are right now in Jesus' name. That you would just bring peace and calm and, and a complete <coughs> covering of your grace over every heart and every mind. We thank you, Father, that you love us so much. You are the God that never changes. The weather changes, politics change, the powers that govern the earth change, but you never change. And we worship you, God, the immovable one, the one that created the heavens and the earth night and day, the land and the sea. You created all of these different facets, and yet you have not changed. So in a season where everything around us, God, is in flux, we look to you even more. We ask you to be our king. We ask you to bring so much peace to us that we can walk through a storm. We can walk on water. We can walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And not have any fear like we talked about on Thursday night. So God, we just ask that you would just come. I ask your presence to have a double portion release. That there would be a thickening of your presence around every single person watching this right now. And to every person that's gripped with fear, that's just tuned in. Right now, God, I just speak peace over them right now. And I cancel the static, the frequency, the turbulence of the enemy around every life, around every heart right now. Where the enemy's tried to take the news broadcasts and some bacterial viruses that have been recognized in the earth right now. And it's tried to, the enemies tried to torment people out of a place of peace. And right now I just rebuke that, that spirit's assignment <clears throat> to fluster people in fear right now in the name of Jesus. And I declare peace over every heart and every mind. Father, we look to you. You are our hope. You are our bright shining sun. You are our deliverer. You are our salvation. You are our covering. Your banner over us is love, God. You are our healer. You are the one that breaks through for us. You are our provider. You are the one that is the all abundant one, God. You you are all the things that we need in any given moment. You are our healer, God. You are our comforter. You are our teacher. You lead us and guide us into all truth. God, we thank you for who you are today. Coronavirus is just a name, but Jesus has been given the name above every other name. And I thank you, God, that there is no authority above you. And so right now, I just release the peace of God over every person watching this right now. And I thank you, God, that we are just going to have an amazing time in your presence. Right now, I just release healings and miracles through the screen right now. there. See, the thing is, is that prayer and the power of God, there is... There's no distance between what I'm doing at this table and where you are sitting or standing watching our our Sunday service online right now. There's no distance. And so right now, I just release over you the healing power of Jesus. I release the freeing power of Jesus right now. I break the power of sickness. I break the power of disease, infirmity, whether it was pre-existing, whether it's this thing where, you know, uh, th- there's so much talk about symptoms around respiratory and throat pain and discomfort. And everyone's looking up at all their symptoms and self diagnosing and fears trying to grip you. I just break that off you in Jesus' name. The blood of Jesus heals everything. The, br- the blood of Jesus is the breakthrough key for every affliction. Jesus took 39 stripes in his body. And did you know that there's actually th- what, 39 stripes means 39 lashes with the whip? You can see that in, in different depictions like the Passion of the Christ, and it's actually interesting because there's 39 different types of known categories of disease and infirmities in the earth around around humans, and and so Jesus took a lash for every category of sickness and disease, and guess what? It didn't kill it. I apologize. I think we had some technical difficulties. Um, <clears throat> but that's fine, we're just going to carry on. So I was just saying that, you know, Jesus, he paid the price for every single sickness and disease. And so when we submit to fear, we're actually rejecting what he did to heal our bodies. And we're actually submitting to a form of worship where we're submitting to things like this coronavirus. See, I was telling someone on the phone today that one of the reasons why coronavirus... now. What I'm about to say, it won't make sense to doctors, but you've got to remember that doctors are practicing, but Jesus is the master physician. A physician, the meaning of the word physician, is a doctor of doctors. That's someone that has mastered multiple, so like there's a doctor that becomes specialist in brain surgery or heart surgery, uh, but a physician is a master of multiple, of multiple um, practices specific to different things. Jesus is called the great physician. That means he's a master of all of the different categories that the human body could possibly have a medical need in. He's not just specialist in certain things. Jesus is the great physician. So what I'm about to say might not make sense to earthly doctors or scientists, but in the kingdom it makes perfect sense. And that is this. When people out there are putting so much fear on the news and the different media outlets that are, that are propagating so much fear around a virus that's elevated slightly above a common flu. People are actually believing it so much that it's becoming a form of faith for them. And I'm here to tell you today, if you look to Jesus, it will not touch you. I'm, I'm 100% confident in that because fear is actually the only thing that can cause you to submit and actually allow that thing to get on you. I, I referenced it on Thursday night. The Bible says what they feared came upon them. See, fear is like a motor car. It's like an Uber delivery that gets a demonic package to a person in the same way that faith is the vehicle that gets God's promises to his people. So we have to shut out fear out of our lives altogether. Fear is the devil's uber delivery to get calamity to you. And you need to actually completely disagree with this virus. You know, so, so I had a few people that have tried to, you know, heckle me a little bit. That's fine. People are allowed to do that. They're allowed to have a bad attitude and try and find loopholes. But I, I'm going to tell you this. I don't see anyone putting this level of panic on all the aborted babies, the millions of aborted babies in the world. I don't see anyone putting the panic on all the suicides. I don't see anyone putting the panic on the drug and the alcohol uh, death, uh, death uh, rates as a, as a result of the abuse of those substances. I don't see anyone put, putting a panic on all the uh, personal suicide rates or the motor vehicle crashes. I don't, see, I don't see that level of panic. No one's trying to fix that. Like they're trying to fix this. And those numbers are far higher than the numbers with this coronavirus. We have hypocrisy in the human race and the fact that we find little things to make big deals out of. Now, I do understand that there are some real issues around this virus and that people need to have precautions. I am not telling us to live aloof and I'm not telling us to ignore it. I think you should wash your hands. I think you should be healthy. I think you should uh, have. You know compliance with governmental requirements okay that's not we're not here to incite any kind of uh revolution or rebellion we're we're here to honor the government however this is a season for the church to rise this is a season for the church to stand up and and pastors pastors can't just preach messages ministers can't just be preaching messages and then hiding behind their, their front doors this is a time for the church to actually be the church This is a time for the kingdom to actually be the kingdom. You either have the healing power of Jesus in your mouth and on your hands, or you don't. You're either a closet Christian that's pretending, or you're a real one that really believes God. See, I believe that no virus has the authority over the name of Jesus. Jesus is the name above all names. That means Corona must submit to the name of Jesus. That means COVID-19 must submit to the name of Jesus. That means Wuhan virus must submit to the name of Jesus. They have no power unless you are afraid of them. So so we're going to be the real church. And I'm telling you, there is a world out there that is terrified that needs to see a church that is, is prepared to look this disease straight in the eyes and not bow. See, I love the stories like Daniel the prophet, where he was falsely accused and he was thrown in a pit. And there was lions that were hungry that were looking at him. And while in the natural, the lions that were hungry should have eaten him within minutes. They stood there and looked at him all night. Because you see, the sons of the kingdom come into a different category. And we come above the laws of nature. That's why Jesus walked on water. He was trying to show us that all that the world respects doesn't apply to us. I'm not living in fantasy world. You either believe this book or you don't. Jesus died and was dead for three days and he rose from the dead. That is not a law of nature being obeyed. Heaven is above what the news is telling you that you should submit to. Now I'm not talking about the government, I'm talking about fear of a, of a tiny little disease, a tiny little virus. You see, when Jesus would speak healing over over Jairus's daughter or the Centurion servant, whether he spoke healing to the lepers, he wouldn't you know, he wasn't mixing some some uh, chemical pharmaceuticals up. He was speaking with the power of his mouth, be healed, be healed. And his words were changing. Bacterial and biological states in people's bodies. His words, life, were destroying death. And we're in a season right now where the church must rise. The church needs to have the hope of Christ, the hope of the gospel, the hope of heaven, the hope of glory on the inside, coming out of our eyes and our mouths, out of our hands, out of our words. We must show the world that we have a hope and we are assured in who we believe. This is not a time... For the church to be cowards. This is not a time for the church to, to go out and pretend like we need to hide like the rest of the world. This is a time for people to be healed. So if you're concerned and and you, you you think that you have this disease, we're going to pray for you and we will see you get healed. I'm not in any way concerned about that statement. I've seen Jesus heal AIDS. HIV, see, your doctors say that that's impossible. Your doctors say that we can only control it and try and give them quality of life up till the point that they die. My father says that that's a disease that has to obey the name of Jesus and leave bodies, and I've watched it with my eyes. I've seen AIDS literally leave bodies and being medically diagnosed undiagnosed. I've watched, I've watched a dead person be raised from the dead, personally. I've watched cancer more times than I can tell you literally leave stage four cancer where the, the doctors are telling the family just go home and make them comfortable and I've watched Jesus completely heal those bodies. This virus is not on that level. This virus is a lower level sickness to cancer. It is a lower level sickness to, uh, to, to, to all the, these other kinds of infirmity, HIV. I don't believe and I never will subscribe to Fear. The media is making billions of dollars right now subscribing fear to all kinds of people. And I'm not buying that magazine, and I don't believe you should either. See, i got a magazine. And this this book right here, this already told me a long time ago that I have authority over sickness and disease, serpents and scorpions. That I'll drink deadly things and they won't harm me. See, this is a time for the church to rise. It's not a time for us to subscribe and agree with everyone else. It's a time for everyone else to see that we have a different hope. And they they should be coming to us, running to us, flocking to us right now, saying, help me. Who is this Jesus? Who is this King of glory? What is it about you why you're not afraid? You see, this isn't a time for us to hide in our houses. We do have to be quarantined. I understand that. I'm not here to buck the rules. But it's not a time to hide. We're going to thrive in our house. And if you need prayer, you get in touch with one of the team in this church. But I'm going to tell you something else. Equally, actually more important. This is a time now where fear and mortality is at the great central attention of the whole planet. And when fear and and frail mortality is is at a central point of people's lives and in their people's minds and their focal point in their lives where where whole nations are getting shut down and kept at home and police forces are being dispatched and military forces are being dispatched cities are being shut down businesses are being shut down a few people are dying the media is doing nothing but talking about it and getting everyone afraid that is an opportunity for the kingdom to rise and it's an opportunity For those that are actually in terror and fear of their own lives to be saved. Guys, we need to return to the essence of the gospel. And I think think this virus is one of the greatest gifts to the church right now. And that might sound very controversial. That might even make you upset. But let let me explain that statement. It's one of the greatest gifts to the church and the fact that the church has been asleep the church has been eating cotton candy for so long. The church has been worshipping its favorite influences and worshipping its favorite preachers and worshipping its favorite worship singers. And, and, and we've been so distracted that we've pushed for entertainment. The Bible says that in the last days, men would not listen to sound teaching anymore, but rather they would gather to themselves teachers, entertainers, influences that would tickle their ears and make them feel good. See, that's not describing a functioning church. That's describing an apathetic, entertainment, couch potato church. It's not time for us to sit at home. It's time for us to start praying for all of the people that we know in our workplace, in our streets, in our communities to be saved. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But I'm telling you, we we live in a world that doesn't have hope. America was in the middle of an economic boom and a tiny little bacteria is threatening economies. That is not a secure, mature world. That is a fragile world. That is a world that doesn't have a lot of hope. You see, but i got hope. His name is Jesus. How about you? I don't just go to church because that's the thing you do on Sundays. I go to church to, to worship my friend. His name is Jesus. How about you? I don't go to church because it's a ritual. I go to church because, because I love him and he loves me. I go to church because that is the expression of my culture. I have seen too many sick people healed. I've watched too many broken lives get turned around. I've watched, I've watched loss and tragedy and devastated lives get turned into restoration and, and transformation and healed lives and families and marriages. How about you? So I want to invite you today, right now, before we even get into this, we are into this, but before we even get too much deeper into this, I want to invite you right now, whether you go to church every week or you're watching this for the first time, if you died today, what would happen? People have been living their lives. People die in car accidents all the time. People get sicknesses and die two, three days later. People are dying all the time. This is just a wake-up call. Where are you at? Are you a person that goes to church and calls yourself a Christian, but you have no real relationship with God? Are you really living for Jesus? Or have you just used his name as a cuss word and you don't really even know who he is, but you're terrified out of your mind right now and this virus has you absolutely mortified and you don't even know what to do. You don't even, you're even wondering if you have the symptoms right now and if you're going to die and what happens after death. I'm here to tell you, You tuned into the right live stream. Not because of me. I'm just a messenger. I'm a pizza delivery boy. But because we're going to preach the real Jesus. And I'm here to tell you today that you can have peace. You can have confidence. You can have all the shame and guilt removed from your heart and mind. And you can walk in perfect peace with God. Jesus wants to save you. He's not an angry judge. He's a loving father. And he wants to rescue you. And so right now, if that's you, listen, please get in touch with us. We're going to pray right now real quick. And I want you to, I want you to pray out to God, even if it feels super strange and you've never done this before. I want you to cry out to God. If you're watching, uh, please share this because there's people right now that need to see this. They need to hear this. This is an opportunity for the church to rise. To stop playing games and showing up needing a program to be entertained and actually start to contribute populating heaven and depopulating hell. That is our job. The Bible says that, that when death happens, after death comes judgment. And when we, what, what that means is we have to stand before God and we have to give an account of our lives. And to, to boil it down and make it real easy for you, you living what you think is good is not acceptable to God. You need to be perfect, and in order to be perfect, well, that's impossible. That's the whole reason that Jesus came to die, because he was, that's why the Bible calls him the Lamb of God. He was the innocent dying for the guilty, and he came so that you could go free. He got the judgment so that you could go forgiven, and you might not even know anything about how this works, but you are an eternal soul. This body this body is going to die and go into the ground, but the real me, my spirit, is going to live on forever. And you have to know where you're, going to, where you're going to live forever. It's either going to be in heaven with God or in hell in eternal torment. And there is no clock. It just goes on forever and ever and it never finishes. And God's not holding that as a threat. You can choose hell if you want. You can reject God and choose hell. None of us can stop you. I can't. I want to, but I can't. The decision is yours. But God, the Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 16, the most well-known Bible, chapter, uh, Bible scripture in the whole world, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whosoever, that's you, that's me, whosoever, anybody, would believe in him, believing in Jesus, where we recognize you are the son of God and you did come to save me. So that whosoever would believe in him would not perish. That's not just dying here. That's an eternal perishing. That's, that's hell. And that's not partying with your friends. It's being alone in flames and torment forever and ever, knowing that you had an opportunity. I'm not trying to scare you into heaven, but I'm definitely not trying to leave you naive that hell is enjoyable. I want you to understand this. For God so loved the world. He's not an angry judge. He's a loving father and he's trying to rescue you. You are living in consequences right now, whether you realize it or not. Consequences of sin. God is perfect. He can't take sin into heaven. And so he sent perfect down into, into. he sent his perfect son down into a broken world so that he would redeem us. But we have to accept it. Any gift, if I said, hey, I want to give you this Bible, it's a gift, but you can't take the gift unless you reach out. Even though I'm holding it, I've given it to you, it's not yours until you reach out and take it. So God's given the gift. But you can't accept it until you say, yes, Father. I recognize that I have done wrong things. I've thought wrong things. I've planned wrong things. I've hated people. I've un- I haven't forgiven people. I- I've-, I've had lust. I've-, I've-, I've lived a perverted life. I've, ha- I've done all kinds of terrible things. I've even just thought bad things about people. I've said bad things about people. Any of those things, even if you've just done one of them, it makes you tarnished. But God's not trying to reject you. He's trying to rescue you. He's trying to redeem you. See, in the midst of all of this virus right now, what's even more important than the virus is your soul. Because you're going to live forever. And I want you to live forever in heaven. Because when you recognize just how amazing God the Father is, there's nowhere else you'd want to be. So so right now, I want to give you an opportunity. If this is you right now, if if you're hearing this and it's like, You might not even fully understand everything I'm saying, but something in your spirit, in your heart, knows that what I'm saying is true. I want you to pray with me right now before we go any further. Father, I recognize that I've done wrong things in my life. It's not hard to see God. I know my life. Other people don't know, but I know. And I know that there's things in me that I don't know how to deal with. And I know that there's things that have happened to me and things that I've done that I can't put out of my mind—they're there, and I don't know how to explain them. I don't even know. They're ashamed. I'm ashamed of them, God. And maybe even there's some things that I'm not ashamed of, but I should be ashamed of. And I don't know—I don't know why I'm so proud of those things, but I know they're wrong. God, I ask that you would forgive me. I'm hearing about this Jesus today, and I'm asking that you would forgive me. That you would. Take what Jesus did, coming to earth and dying for me. You would take that. And that you would save me, God. I, I, I acknowledge my sin and my wrong and I ask you to forgive me. I accept what Jesus did and I ask God that you would accept me into your family and you would teach me who I really am. You would teach me how to live where I'm not living like that anymore. and How I'd live for you in the way that you made me live. That you would call me family. And that I would live for you and give you the rest of my life in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, would you do me a favor and do yourself a favor? And just send us an inbox as a church. Say, hey, I prayed that prayer of salvation. I prayed that prayer to God right now. And one of our team, I'm not asking you to commit to anything. I'm just, one of our team is going to reach out and get you some stuff so that you understand a little better about what you just prayed and what that means and how you can get to know God. Because he's not just an idea, he's a real person. And he wants to get to know you. God is my friend. He's not some figurehead. He's my friend. He's my king. And he wants to, and he wants to be yours. So if you did that right now, please just message us in the live stream or message us message us on uh in our inbox as a church and we would love to just get to know you a little bit and send you some information uh so that you can you can walk with God because I'm telling you right now, as you prayed that I know for a fact that some people that were watching right now, you felt this heaviness just lift. And you felt turmoil leave your mind and peace come. This is how, this is how God works. The Bible says that when we become saved, when we, make that, when we make that step and say, God, I choose to trust you, we become a brand new creation. The old us has passed away. Behold, a brand new person, a brand new creation is there. And you're going to just feel like, yeah, I'm going to sleep real good at night. I'm going to walk in peace. I'm not going to have turmoil and torment. God really is real. I feel a tangible shift. So so I just really want to encourage you with that because that's who God is and, and that's who you are. And you've been called to walk in that and live in that. Amen? Okay, so... Welcome to church. we are having church already we've already had our, our altar call and <laughs> and and uh that's the most important thing because in the midst of this of this panic guys it's really important that we walk in who we've been called to be um, we're going to do communion in just a little bit today because uh communion is a covenant with God so a- as you as you can we're not going to do it right now we're going to do it in a little bit um go and get whatever you can. I know a lot of us in our houses, see I have a little bit of bread here and, and I have some um, some some berry juice. And um, if you can go get that at some point um, over this next little while, while while I'm going to be ministering and sharing this message, we're going to take communion together at the end of the service. And uh, we're just going to call on the blessing of God because, and I'm going to explain a little bit about covenant and what that really means. So um, just want to give you a heads up to go get that ready as you can and we're going to all do that together. Okay, so um, what we're going to do right now is we're going to um, we're going to take up the offering. We're going to receive the offering. Now I want to talk a little bit about this because in this season Panic and fear is getting everyone to grip their wallets and say, well, what if everything runs out? Well, hang on a minute. Let's just just talk about kingdom culture for a second. I understand that we're not in the church building. I understand all of those things. I understand you're sitting at home, some of you in your PJs and your comfy pants. That's great, okay? But the kingdom of heaven hasn't changed. God is not stuck in his house everything about the kingdom of heaven is still operationally functional, okay, and so kingdom economics haven't lost value, okay, Wall Street might be crashing, but heaven's value has not diminished at all, all right, so so I want to read a couple of scriptures to you out of the same passage, um, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about this, because in this time of fear, people start panicking, thinking that we're going to lose a bunch of stuff, but I want to remind you we have a covenant with God that's not just for health it's for our finances okay and for all of you watching right now that are kind of anti-prosperity now I'm not into the greasy prosperity I'm not into the the nasty you know preachers trying to get rich off the gospel prosperity that's not the kind of prosperity I'm talking about but I am talking about the prosperity of God God is not poor if he was poor, he wouldn't have streets made of gold. Okay? If he was poor, he wouldn't have whole foundations of buildings in heaven made out of, out of precious jewels. Out of, you know, doors and gates made out of solid pearl. God is, God is doing pretty well. Okay? So I want to read to you out of the book of Genesis, chapter 26. If, if you want to give right now, if you want your tithes and offerings... There's, there's a, uh, a little message coming up on the screen where it's going to give you some instructions for texting to give, and there's also online giving on the church website. Now, now watch this Genesis chapter 26 and verse 1. The very first four words. There was a famine. Okay. Uh, reading from verse 1. There was a famine in the land, besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. So there was a previous famine. That decimated. Hello, 2008? You remember 2008? That that was called an economic famine. Okay? Now now we're a few years later. 12 years on, we're having another one. Okay? So there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, near Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. I want you to pay attention to that. Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land. Come on, somebody. (laughs) See, when there's a famine, it's natural for people to want to go. Egypt actually is a representative of the kingdom of the world. Egypt at that time was like the great banking empire and the, the social empire, the economic empire, the industrial empire. Or the, even the technology empire was Egypt. Later on in the history of, of Israel, after they'd left, God instructed them. He said, do not go down to Egypt for your chariots. He said, don't go there for your strength. But here, he's telling, he's telling um, Isaac, in a season of famine, don't go to the great empire of the earth. Go where I tell you. And I just think that's really powerful because right now, There's a lot of doomsday prepping. There's a lot of people that are freaking out. There's a lot of people that, well, I know what happened in 2008, so I know how to respond. No, 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 hang on a minute. We are not from this earth. We're sojourners. What that means is I'm a tourist passing through. Come on, somebody. This is not my empire. I am just a servant of my king. Come on. Come on, I just feel in the presence of God right now. Whoo! So the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Listen, the government cannot save you. God's going to save you. Okay, I'm thankful for the government. I'm thankful if they start handing out food and sending checks to help alleviate people. That's great, but that's not my salvation. That's some assistance. Come on, somebody. The minute you start putting trust in a government, you start losing trust in God. I'm here to tell somebody something today. We're going to put our trust in God in this season. So do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you. Now listen, it doesn't matter if you know a banking CEO or a huge megalithic CEO of some of these massive companies and they're your buddy. Listen, no one can be your friend like God. No one can take care of your needs like God can. No one can bless you like God can. Am I right? I believe I'm right. (laughs) Because God made all those people that you think are so powerful. He made them. He's the king of the universe. So God's saying, don't go down where everyone else is going down for help. Stay where I tell you, and I'll be with you and bless you. Does that sound familiar? Because that's what God told Isaac's daddy. He told Isaac's daddy, Abraham, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now he's repeating it to his son. I'll be with you, and I'll bless you. Come on, somebody. I'm getting excited right now. <laughs> I'll be with you, and I'll bless you. For, for to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. Come on. Listen, in seasons like this, where the world around you is devaluing, there's fixing to be a wealth transfer. A lot of people have been talking about wealth transfers for years. It's time where you're going to you're you're buy businesses cheap. You're going to get land cheap. You're going to get uh, uh, houses cheap. You're going to get shares and stocks cheap. Stop freaking out while everyone's abandoning ship and start looking where God can promote you and bless you. Come on, somebody. The kingdom is better at economics than Wall Street. I'm telling the truth. That's why, see, like, oh, are you going to do the offering? You shouldn't do the offering. No, we're doing the offering. Because Jesus talked about money in his top three subjects. Okay? I make my living not from this church, but from my businesses. I work for a living, so I've got a right to say this. I'm not trying to get your money. If you don't trust us, that's fine. Close your money and watch how that works for you. It doesn't pay good interest. So, so Genesis chapter 26 Verse 12, come down a little bit on that chapter. We were in, we just finished in verse 3, now come down to... So, so, so Isaac does what God says. He stays in the land, in a land of famine. And even in the midst of a famine, God comes to him and says, guess what? I want you to stay here, son. I made an oath to your father, and I'm going to be good to perform that oath. What that means is when God says he's going to do something, you can take it to the bank. It doesn't matter whether it's in a season of crisis. Listen, even the wealthy, uh, really, really successful uh, people that, you know, like, uh, I don't want to drop names, but the super, super wealthy people that are in investing and the, the big Fortune 500 companies, they have a little statement that says this, buy in fear and sell in greed. What that means is when, when all of the world is being terrified and selling because they think the market's crashing, that's when those people, those companies are buying shares because they're getting them cheap. And when everyone is thinking that the market is doing really successful and, and they've got huge, incl- you know, it's going up and people are getting ready to buy in because they're getting excited because the market's doing well, that's when those same people are selling for a high price. Listen, they've tapped into something that most of the church still hasn't figured out yet. They understand how to stay calm in storms. They, ha- they understand how to walk in the midst of calamity. Okay? God is literally saying that he's going to be with you and bless you, and he's going to watch over his oath to perform it. So let's keep reading here. I like this. Verse 12. Okay, this is playing out. Still in the famine. Still in the famine. Isaac has a plot of land. His neighbors, all their crops are dead. They're all dried up. They're dead. There's nothing happening. Okay, verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land. Now, wait a minute. That goes against what the local farmers are telling you to do because all the ground is baked. There's a famine. That means there's no water. The sun is high and hot. All the soil is, is dry. Okay? All the farmers have no money because all of their crops have died. <coughs> the, the water can't sustain any new crops. But Isaac does something that goes against. What the laws of nature say is wisdom. Because God is with him to bless him and watch over the oath that he promised even Isaac's father. Come on somebody. You need to trust God and fear is going to leave your life. I'm telling you. It's when you stop and you start to be afraid of the famine. That's when pestilence starts to have authority over you. That's when plague starts to have authority over you. That's when economic downturns and recessions start to have authority over you. When you stay in faith. God will perform his word because you're saying, God, I understand that the elements and the wind and the waves are scary right now. Do you understand that when, when Peter and, and the disciples were in the boat with Jesus crossing the, the lake, which was like a sea, it was a very large body of water, Peter, four or five of those guys were seasoned uh, sailboat guys because they were all fishermen. So they'd been in rough water before, but they were all terrified thinking they were, they were going to drown and die. But Jesus was sleeping in the boat. He didn't respect the elements. He respected where he was going. He understood the covenant he had with the Father. So much so that the disciples, those same ones that should have been master boatmen, were waking and shaking Jesus up to get him to take over. Hey, help us, Jesus. Don't you care? We're going to die. You see, if you really trust God, you'll stop being so moved by a change in the weather, a change in the economy. A change in health and the environment, and change in what the news is telling you. You'll start to be grounded and stable and steadfast and calm. And you'll stop being shaken so much. The church needs to rise. The church needs to stand up and actually walk what it's been talking. It needs to start living out what it's been preaching. Come on, somebody. Otherwise, all we are is dead hypocrites. We're dried out dead men's bones we're Pharisees. And I know that's not what anyone wants to be. So we need to stand up and start living what we've been talking about all this time. And I don't know about you, but I'm going to do it. And if you want to come along, let's do this together. Okay? And I would say this, if you're, if you're, this is going to be a little controversial right now, but I'm into controversy. So if you're in a place where, where the pastor's been preaching strong and now he's acting all afraid, you're following a counterfeit. And you need to get out of that dead house. It's not a time for us to be, saying one thing and doing another it's time for the church to rise it's time for the church to stand up and actually start living what it's been saying it's going to live jesus needs to be seen in us right now his compassion his love and his boldness his strength needs to be coming through our paws our eyes our 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 hands and our feet right now the world needs to see jesus in us now so let's keep reading this i want you to see this i'm going to read again from verse 12 then isaac sowed in that land and he reaped in the same year, what? what year? Oh, the year of famine. So he didn't just sow, he reaped in a year of famine, a hundredfold. That's like the highest level yield that people could possibly imagine. People are happy with 30 fold, that's a good crop. A 30 fold crop is a big deal crop, but a hundredfold is exceptional, even in the best environment, at the best type of year, with the best amount of irrigation and soil. That, that's, that's amazing. So here's a guy who sows in a year of famine. All his neighbors around him are just looking at dirt. But they see their neighbor Isaac sowing crops, and they see green shooting up where there should be death. I'm here to tell you that when you tap into heaven's economy, you tap into an economy that doesn't make sense to the rest of the world. And that's why we're boldly talking about giving and tithes and offering right now on a Sunday. We've never been ashamed of it. And when our people tap into it, we've watched amazing, ridiculous prosperity stories come out of it. Heaven is into it. And if you're fighting it, maybe you're fighting getting blessed. And that's doesn't, that sounds like something against the law of nature to me. You shouldn't... There's, I've got little children, and none of them ever get upset when they get blessed. Okay, so watch this. So in the same year... He reaped a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. God is good with blessing people in the midst of a famine. What I'm here to say, guys, is that in a season of crisis where everyone's freaking out and thinking they're losing everything, there's, there's terrified people everywhere, it's time to put your seed into the right ground. Don't... It's, it's time to put your seed into the right ground. There is no better harvest than taking your, your, your tithe and putting it into the hands of God and watching what he does in this season. I've been hearing amazing stories already right across the board. I just, I've got um, some, some, some of our people just recently, one of them came and told me, he said that um, they're, they're just on the brink of getting a 40% pay rise in the middle of this crisis. Now, that's not normal. That sounds like Jesus to me. Come on, somebody. That, can I just say something? I'm really sensing something right now. You need to stop being jealous of other people getting blessed and always complaining how how come it always happens for someone else. Someone right now just went really dark, and I just want to talk into that for a second. Okay, It's not time for you to say, well, why is it always that? No, listen, it's because they give to God. It's because they trust God. It's because they put him first. And when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things get added. So I really want to encourage you right now. Take a moment and give to God and make it a lifestyle. Make it a habit. Make it something that is a consistent trait in your life. See, when I give to God, my wife and I are givers, and as we give, we're constantly, every week, saying, God, we trust you. We trust you. We are not the Lord and kings of our universe. We trust you, God. Here you are. Every week, we trust you. We trust you. And we're watching God in the midst of You know, I've had a difficult start to the year in one of my businesses, but you know what? It's turning around, and it's looking like my business this year is going to grow three to four times than it has even in the good years previous. So we're blessed. It doesn't matter what the environment does. We're blessed, and you need to start saying, I'm blessed because God's with me. And even in the midst of a famine, God's with me. You see, what I'm actually dealing with right now is I'm getting you to disengage with fear and and engage with faith in your finances, in your health in your lifestyle, in your living, in every area of your life, disengaging with fear and engaging with faith is going to change your world. And faith, you only want to have faith in Jesus because he's the only one that's going to get you the good stuff. All right? Someone getting something today. I pray you are. So if if that's the case, let's just, we're going to give to God right now if you haven't already. I want you to just, I want you to just, you can, you can either give it on the website or you can do text to give. And I'm going to pray right now while you're doing that. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. I thank you for all these precious people, God, the, these people that we are all trusting you. We recognize that there's bad things happening out in the world. We recognize that there is huge knee-jerk reactions happening in the stock market, in the banking world, uh, in, in even in just the everyday life of businesses getting closed and shut down and, and, and there being cessations of, of it, with laws being put in place where businesses can't operate for periods of time. God, I thank you that you are the God that never changes. And I thank you, God, that while the earth is having um, a moment, having a panic attack, you are completely calm and your goodness endures forever. Your mercy endures forever. Your, your loving kindness endures forever. And I thank you, God, that your generosity has not changed. And I thank you right now, God, that every person that's bringing you our offering right now, our tithes and our offering, that you would breathe on this, God, and that we would be just like Isaac because we are tapped into that same covenant. We are tapped into that same promise you made to Abraham. So I thank you, God, that as we trust you in a season of famine that you're going to cause a hundredfold blessing to pour out over our lives. It's a spiritual law, and we are tapping into it in Jesus' name. We know that you're going to take care of us. There might be people around us that, that are in famine, but you're going to prosper us so that we can propagate the kingdom of heaven and see more and more lives get touched and more and more souls get saved. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, thank you, God. It's just really awesome to be here today. And um, I hope you're enjoying this. Uh, I don't feel like we're missing out on anything because we're not all in the same room. I just feel the same strong presence of God. And I just pray that you're just experiencing that at home right now. Um, But I'm going to share a little bit. I just really feel strongly to say, uh, to share a very short message here that says, Our mandate hasn't changed. Our mandate hasn't changed. See, a lot of people are going on hold right now and putting their lives on pause, their business on pause. Uh, they're even putting relationships on pause. They're having safe social distancing. There's all kinds of crazy things that are coming in right now. Uh, but our mandate as sons and daughters of God, that, that's not been put on hold. You're not on a spiritual holiday. This is time to get closer to God than ever before. This is a time for us to actually look and see how you know how we can actually build our Father's kingdom on a greater level on this planet, on this earth, in our lives, in our our friends, in our communities, in our relationships. So I want to read a couple of scriptures real quick um, and talk about them. Uh, Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to read Philippians chapter 4. And I'm going to read from verse 4. Okay, Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. That doesn't mean... Um, I'm only rejoicing when I'm getting breakthrough, or I'm only rejoicing at certain times. No, it literally says that if you want to see the snippet of a believer, rejoice in the Lord always, even when coronavirus is freaking everyone else out. okay? Rejoice in the Lord always looks like the joy of the Lord is my strength, and I'm not going to give over to fear and intimidation and be weak. Rejoice in the Lord always looks like I'm going to live from a place of joy. I'm not going to live from a place of doom and fear. Rejoice in the Lord always looks like I'm actually going to walk in victory and I'm not going to be defeated with, you know, painting on a smile when I go to church. Rejoice in the Lord always, not just when it feels good. Okay, so rejoice in the Lord always. And again, he's emphasizing it. I say rejoice, let your gentleness be known to all men. This is not a time for them to see your panic. It's a time for them to see your gentleness. It's a time for them, for the world around you, to see your calmness. In your Facebook posts, in your social media interactions, in your phone calls, in your FaceTime calls. You know, look, there's a lot of of funny memes flying around right now. Cool, have some fun. But let people see that you're calm. Not just because you're acting calm, but because you've been with Jesus. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. God hasn't gone on vacation. He's still here. He's in, he's in this room right now. He's the most important person on this broadcast. You can't see him, but he's here. He's in your house. He's watching everything you do, everything you say. He's watching every text thread. He's watching every video call. He's watching all of the YouTube stuff you're feeding yourself. Let's be calm because we've been with Jesus. Now watch this. Be anxious for nothing. We should get that one statement and put it up in our houses. Be anxious for nothing. Stop worrying. It doesn't add one day to your life. If anything, it'll take away from your life. Worry is like a cancer. So watch this. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, everything that bothers you, concerns you, everything that comes into your life, peripheral, peripheral or direct. Address it with prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving. Stop complaining. Remember what complaining did to the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. Complaining dries up your spring. Complaining dries up the blessing. Let your requests be made known to God And watch this, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, a peace that passes understanding looks like this. I should be worried right now, but I just feel so at peace. I should be concerned. Everyone else around me is terrified right now, but I feel so calm. I feel this amazing grace over me. And I know normally I'm a very tense person, but I just feel everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. God's in control. He really is in control. You see, and when we stop worrying about everything, and we start praying, communing with God, thanking Him, and bringing requests to Him, His peace, which actually goes to a point where it doesn't make sense. You can have so much peace, that it doesn't make sense to your natural environment. We'll guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. I love this scripture. Isn't it, isn't it a blessing to you? Let's read it again real quick. I want to I wanna just read straight through it now that we've kind of explained the, the segments of it. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, communion with God, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Even if that's toilet paper. God, I need toilet paper. You just tell him what you need. He's going to get it to you. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. See, once we start walking and living in this world here, we can get back to our original mandate, the things that we've been called to do. Our mandate hasn't changed. We're called to be a light. We're called to be a city on a hill. We're called to be the hope in the darkness. We're we're called to be the key of salvation for those that have no hope. Amen? So now we're going to go over to uh, the book of Matthew, one of my favorite passages. The book of Matthew. And I'm going to read from from chapter 28, verse 17. This is after Jesus rose. When they saw him, his disciples, they saw Jesus, they worshipped him, but some doubted. You might be some doubting today. You might be having a little panic attack. You might be... Well, I know Jesus is there, maybe it's him, but I don't know if this is him. Is God going to get me through this, isn't he? Well, I, I'd invite you to go back and read the passage out of Philippians chapter 4 that we just read. And read it over until you brainwash it. Some people need brainwashing. And what I mean by brainwashing is, is flushing out all of the toxins and the impurities that you fed yourself with. And that you've, you've, you've fantasized in your mind about all the terrible things that are going to happen. You need to wash your mind and renew your mind through the washing of the word. That's what the Bible tells you. You need to be brainwashed. (laughs) Okay, I know that sounds funny, but it actually is true because you're you're self-harming with all of those crazy thoughts. Okay, but some people doubted. Some people doubted. And you might be struggling right now, and it's okay to struggle, just don't stay in the place of struggle. It's okay to have a rough day and have a little panic, but don't live there. Watch this. Watch Jesus' response. Verse 18, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. All authority. Now, this is after he conquered Satan. The Bible says after Jesus died on the cross that he descended into hell and he fought Satan. He put his foot on top of Satan's head. That's how that fight finished. Satan tapped out and Jesus reached and grabbed the keys of sin and death of sickness and disease, he grabbed those keys. He has not some authority, he has all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Now, that that word nations actually just means different people groups. So right outside our door here in Orange County in America, wherever you live, you don't need to get on a plane, actually right now it's not advisable, but you don't need to get on a plane to go to the nations, you can get on. You can you can start calling your friends from your ha- your house because if you're quarantined for the next couple of weeks, whatever that looks like, you can get on your phone. You can start Facetiming and start sharing Jesus with people. You can start bringing hope to people. Instead of agreeing with their fear, you can start to disarm it. Instead of giving them a reason to be terrified, you can start giving them a reason to have hope. And you give them a reason to have hope because of the reason of hope that you have. Listen, a salesperson can't ever sell something that they don't have. You have to sell something you've got. You can't share Jesus if you don't got him. You need, to, you need to have people see the hope of glory on the inside of you. They need to see what we just read about in Philippians chapter 4. In your eyes. So Jesus said, All, power, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded with you. And here's the statement again that God said to Abraham and to Isaac. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. God is with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. You have the king of the universe. God, the Father, Holy Spirit, Jesus, three in one. <coughs> oh, excuse me. You have all of them with you to conquer sin and death, to walk in victory, to walk in hope, to walk in breakthrough. And I just really want to encourage you. The mandate that we've been given is to share the light of the gospel with those that don't have hope, to share the light of the gospel with those that, don't, that actually don't know who God is it's our job right now while the whole world's freaking out see in in certain marketplace industries there are things that happen in, in industries and it becomes a problem becomes an opportunity see um, I've had some I've had some experience in the world of inventions and patenting and a patent is really an invention that has solved someone else's problem or made someone else's life simpler So an inventor is really someone that recognizes a problem in someone's life and addresses the problem. And and a Christian is someone that can actually see a problem in the world, see someone's brokenness, and out of a personal relationship with God, come and bring the hope of heaven to that person. See, that's an opportunity. Just like an inventor sees an opportunity when he sees a problem in a marketplace or something that's not working right, and he invents a new product, a Christian can see in a mom- moments of hope, hopelessness, and and chaos and panic, a Christian can actually see a moment of opportunity in the world. And right now, we're living in a season of opportunity—an opportunity to see souls saved. And I just want to really encourage you because right now, you know, it, I, I don't want to be—I don't want to be the pastor. That is constantly trying to help people get back up on their feet. I'm here to help I understand that that, that people are struggling right now and, and I'm not trying to belittle that in any way, but this is I'm not trying to create a codependency where every week people need another word so they can stand on their feet. I would tell you that in the midst of your personal struggle, help others. Because you're gonna see heaven at work and it's gonna encourage you and it becomes contagious. Stop stop being a consumer and start being a producer in the kingdom. Is this okay? Because, because if all we do is say, I need help, I need help, I need help, I need help with my faith because I'm full of fear, and we never, we never actually help anyone else, we're actually like the, the servant that buried the talent. Remember the story where Jesus told the, the, the parable about the servant that buried the talent? Well, for us, we're actually called to grow and come into maturity. And so I'd really encourage you in this season to really see that Jesus says right here in verse 17 it said that some worshipped and some doubted. Be a worshipper. Don't be a doubter. Jesus has been given all power and authority. The same Jesus that you said God I need you, come into my life that same Jesus has all power and authority. He's not He's not this little tame lamb. He's a mighty lion. And, and God has not once had a moment. God has not called a special briefing room in heaven saying, hey, we've got this new epidemic called Corona. Where we need to freak out and dispatch the angels. God is completely in control. We've made this a big deal. And while we need to be wise, I'm not taking away from any of the wisdom stuff. We need to stop letting fear get the best of us. And we need to start seeing that right now. Today, the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. All right? So, so I, I just really want to encourage you with that. Encourage you that our mandate hasn't changed. God has called us to walk in, in divine authority, divine health, divine purpose, and divine peace. And I really just want to encourage you that that's who you've been called to be. You're not called to be someone that submits to fear and to worry and to anxiety. That's a lower level of living, and it's not the right one for you. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to... we're going to um, I'm going to close this, and we're going to actually have communion. So I'm just going to give you another minute. <clears throat> if you need to go run and get um, some juice and some bread, we're going to take communion together. And I'm going to talk about this for a second, because communion actually was a symbol of engagement. And I've shared this before with some of the people in our church, but I know there's probably a lot of other people watching right now. So I'm going to share this. In In early Jewish culture... <coughs> excuse me, my throat's a little dry. It happens when I'm talking. So um, in early Jewish culture, when a, a, a young couple was to be wed, a father and mother would bring their son to the house of a father and mother with the daughter. And they would have a conversation and get to know each other and they'd talk and there'd actually be an agreement and they would, they would actually, I believe, sign a document. And, but the real thing that actually would seal the deal of essentially the engagement, the proposal, would be that the young man and the young woman would take a piece of bread and some wine and the young man would hand the young woman the bread and the and the and the wine, and they would take that as an opening of the covenant that they would be married. And then from the, and then that was uh, everyone understood that that was a promissory covenant. <clears throat> and then the young man would then go away back to his home with his father and mother, and he would build <coughs> a house on his father's land. And he would not come back until that house was finished. You remember Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions, and I go to make a place for you, I go to prepare a house for you. Jesus said, well, Jesus was actually showing us, he said, you know, if you don't drink my blood and eat my flesh, that's what he's talking about, communion, you can have no part of this. And a lot of people misunderstood that, thinking he was talking about cannibalism. He wasn't at all. He was talking about covenant." And so the amazing part is is that when that that house was ready that that young man was building, there would not be an announcement. The young man could turn up at any time unannounced. It's just like when Jesus returns, he's coming back without any warning. And we need to be ready. But I want to talk a little bit more about this thing called covenant. Because um, I was raised in my early 20s by a woman that ministered a lot in Africa. She lived out there for a long, many years in her life. Her name was, was Margaret, and she's just a lioness. But I remember her teaching me when I was a young man that there there were some of the, the tribes in Africa, and some of them were farmers, and some of them were more hunter-warrior tribes. And so each of those tribes actually needed each other because the, the warrior tribe... Wasn't growing vegetables, but then the the vegetable tribe didn't have defense. The the agricultural tribe and the horticultural tribe didn't have uh, defense. And so the two chiefs would come together and they would do something very similar to this. And essentially it looked like everything that I have belongs to you, and if you need help, we will resource you. And the other chief would basically say the same thing that everything that we have belongs to you. And if you need anything, we'll resource you. If you get attacked, we'll fight for you. If we get hungry, you'll feed us. And, and I just want us to understand because covenant has become such a blurry word. It's become such a blurry word in, in our society that we've become such, you know, this whole thing about like safe distancing and, you know, quarantining, that's not as shocking to a lot of people in our culture as, as it would have been 50 years ago. Because we've become very isolated. We have all this technology. We have all of this stuff for communication. But we've become far more dysfunctional in our idea of loyalty, covenant, and longevity. If you tell someone that you've been married 30, 40 years, people actually freak out now. They don't, they don't know how to deal with it. It's, this, it's almost like, let's put that in a museum because that's, <clears throat> that's so rare. But in the kingdom of heaven, when God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, you can take that to the bank. God, is, God literally, it says, if we read in Genesis that God literally, he blessed him, he prospered him, and he, he stood there to honor his oath, to, to watch over, to make sure that his oath was fulfilled to Isaac. And so, so when we do this right now, <clears throat> we're not just taking this because this is the thing to do. This is not a ritual. This is a covenant. And we're going to take communion right now together. I hope you've got your communion because we're going to get ready to start taking communion right now. But Jesus has offered us his bread and his wine. That's why we're called the bride of Christ. You see, just like that young man that would come with his mother and father and then he'd go away to prepare a house. But in doing so, everything that is Jesus's becomes ours. That means, you know, Jesus isn't in heaven with the flu right now. Jesus isn't walking around in heaven with a face mask on saying, Oh, Father, I hope I don't get coronavirus. That's not a problem that Jesus is ever going to have. And so we have a covenant with a, with a perfect health God. He has full authority over sickness and disease, and he's offering us covenant today. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to take, we're going to take communion, and we are going to disengage with all the covenant we've had with this sickness. With the idea of the sickness, with the fear of the sickness, we're going to, God, we're sorry. We're sorry for respecting and fearing the sickness so much because you've actually offered us perfect health. You've offered us perfect healing. And so right now, Jesus, come on, let's pray together. Right now, Jesus, we just receive afresh today, Sunday, the bread that you broke. Symbolically, we're just going to receive that again afresh right now and say we accept your covenant. Everything of your world in exchange for ours. We get all the blessings and benefits, the power, the authority, the healing, the miraculous, the provision, the prosperity, all of that of your world we have covenant access to. So we're going to stop worrying and we're going to start worshiping. We're not going to be like where it says some doubted. We're going to be the ones that are worshipping. So God, today, Jesus, we accept and we just honour you. And we, by taking this bread, we just say, yes, we accept your proposal of covenant. And we thank you that you would see value even in ourselves when we speed wobble sometimes, God. So we accept right now in Jesus' name. Just take, just take your bread. Jesus' name. And the same with the cup. See, the cup is symbolic of the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. And in that shedding of blood, there is perfect healing. And so right now, Jesus, I thank you that even sicknesses and diseases that are peripheral to this corona scare God. I know that there's people in our circle that have been struggling with cancer and different people that have struggled with MS. Right now, we take authority over those things in the name of Jesus. I declare that you've come this far and no further. You are leaving bodies in Jesus' name. And as we just take this communion covenant with you, God, we just thank you that you are going to destroy sickness and disease and take it away from our midst in Jesus' name. I thank you, God, that you're healing our bodies and you're cleansing our diseases in Jesus' name. So let's just take this together. Thank you, Father, for the blood that you shed. We receive the covenant and we just, we agree with it right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much, God. We break ties with all of the junk that's been trying to contend for our attention. All of the junk that's been trying to contend for our affection. All of the junk that's been trying to bind us and And tie us down and paralyze us with fear. We just cut ties with that right now. You're the God of hope. You're the God of freedom. You're the God of liberty. And we're going to walk as sons that represent heaven real well. We're going to walk as daughters that represent our Father so perfectly. In Jesus' name. I thank you, God, this week that you're going to use each one of us. You're going to use us, God. We're going to reach out to people. We're going to stop being so self-absorbed and self-aware of all of our issues and the things we are supposed to be afraid of and the things we're told that we're supposed to be afraid of. And we'd start walking in perfect faith, God. And that you'd start using every person watching this. And that souls would be birthed this week out of darkness into light. That people would be set free from anxiety and fear and depression this week in Jesus' name. That people would start live streaming into others that may even be in hospital. And that, that sicknesses would just start drying up in people's bodies in the name of Jesus. We are going to be a people of faith. We are going to be a fearless people. We're going to be a people that walk in divine healing, God. And just like Peter, even our our shadow is healing the sick because we're carrying such an atmosphere of faith and an atmosphere of, of heaven and an atmosphere of who you are, God, that sickness and disease and infirmity and demonic manifestations cannot stand in your presence around us, God. So I thank you that we're going to be carriers of hope, and carriers of healing, and that we are going to walk in the mandate of the church. This is not a time to hide. This is a time to rise up and stand up in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We love you. I just bless you in Jesus' name. Remember to comment. If this has really touched you, if this has blessed you today, please inbox us as a church. If you need help, if you if you want to learn more about who Jesus is, and you maybe have prayed and made a decision today, you like, I don't quite understand it, but I felt something happen please inbox us because we want to be able to walk you through. We're going to have some of our team reach out to you and talk to you about what's just happened in your life and your heart. And and just we want to get you some resources and just really love on you and help walk you through this. And if you have any needs and you're concerned about health issues, please reach out to us. If you have any practical needs, please reach out to us as a community. So we love you. Be blessed. Have a wonderful day. We're going to be broadcasting again on Tuesday night. I'll probably, over on my personal page, I'll probably be doing a few more Uh, little daily uh, live streams. So you can go over and look for that. Just daily encouragements to build up. Stay in faith. Don't let this thing creep up on you. Stay feeding your spirit with faith. And I'm telling you, you're going to walk on water. Stop looking at the problems. We're not going to sink into it. We're going to rise above it. In Jesus' name, I bless you in the name of Jesus. Please like and share this uh, so other people in your friends group and their news feeds can watch this and they can be encouraged. All right, be blessed. Have a wonderful week, and we're going to be in touch. We're going to be broadcasting every other day. Take care. God bless. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.